go to Luke chapter 2 today as I want to share with you a simple message on my encouragement and how to make it a great Christmas. You know, in and of itself, Christmas is glorious. And so there's nothing that COVID can do or the government can do or maybe a lack of the supply chain can do to ruin Christmas uh, because Christ has already come and the victory is already ours. But when you think of Christmas, I mean, what a, an amazing day um, this is. So I, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I was thinking 195 countries in the world, and out of those 195 countries, 160 of those countries have recognized from the government standpoint uh, Christmas as a legal holiday. And the other countries, uh, for example, countries like Iran or China, Israel, who don't acknowledge it as a public holiday, North Korea and others, they still have tons of people within those countries who are celebrating Christmas. And so it is a huge, obviously, day uh, for us. And so you wonder, what's the ruckus? What could rock the world in such a way that almost every person on the planet is spending so much time and money? Um, they say that there'll be $843 billion spent United States of America. Well, what is this? What is it that can rock the world in such a way? And not just one day, by the way. It's a season. And what's the reason for this season? And I know you guys know this. It was a baby who was born in Bethlehem. It may have been a barn or a cave or a stable. We're not really sure on those details. But we do know this, that of the 105 billion people that have lived and died on planet Earth, there is no one like Jesus. His birth, his life, his death, his life after death, his defeat of death. As he went from the cradle to the cross and eventually awaits the crown, there is no one like him. All his recorded words have been analyzed and scrutinized, prayed and obeyed. Millions are still to this day talking about him. And he's such an awesome God that we can actually talk to him. And so here we are today. And we're celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we sang the song, and to me, it's a huge, huge truth to remember this time of year. Emmanuel, that is God with us. And so one of the things that, as a pastor, uh, I see and my concern is, is that we might miss this day. You know, uh, Christmas, how do you pronounce it? Do you pronounce it Christmas? Or Christmas? How do you guys say it? I'm curious. And so I, it's kind of a little joke, a little play on words. I think that a lot of people, actually, even Christians who go to church and buy the gifts and bake the cookies and do all that kind of stuff, I think in many ways, even sometimes pastors or leaders, it can be anybody, can miss Christmas. And if you're honest, at the end of the day, you know, we come, we celebrate, and we go forward, and we're really just the same as we were before. You know, God wants to change us. God wants to challenge us. Sometimes God chastens us. But as a church, you know, we should come out of this stronger. I, I love the way that God in his sovereign providence has worked it out in the United States of America, how we have Thanksgiving leading up to Christmas. Don't you guys kind of like that? It's kind of cool. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. Kind of working our way towards that. And then I also like the way that God's working out in his providence and his sovereignty in our nation in that from Christmas, we kind of get, you know, we spring into the new year. 
And I think that maybe there's something there that we can actually take advantage of. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. Are you really grateful for Jesus? Are you living with that attitude of gratitude for Jesus? And then as we go from there, you know, we go into Christmas and celebrate him and we take it all in for what it really is. And then, boom, the new year begins like never before. I think that's kind of what God wants And so, in one sense, we want to make it a great Christmas. You know, I've been doing Christmas messages for a long time, man. I don't want to tell you because you might think I'm older than 35, but man, it's been a long time. And you know, you never feel like you can do this justice. I think the best thing for us to do is go and get with our kids and let them read us a Luke 2 passage or something. You know, it's just so beautiful when the kids are there. But for us, I was just thinking, you know, again, can't, you know, share the same thing, but in one sense you do. Lord, how can we make it a great Christmas? Well, let me share three things with you. And I know there's a million other things, but I want to just share this with you this year. And number one, uh, consider the gifts of Christmas. Remember the gifts. Consider the gifts of Christmas. Number two, uh, consider the gaze of Christmas. You know, my prayer is that you remember these, and so they start with G, you know, the gifts, the gaze. And then number three, consider, remember the glory of Christmas, the, the gifts of Christmas. Um, you know, the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive, and our Father has given us this amazing gift. John three sixteen. you guys know what that, that verse, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, we have to remember just that basic truth that God has given to us, his son. We see it again in Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. You know, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, and Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And so the father gave his son. We see that there in John 3.16, Isaiah 9.6. And then one of my favorites is over in 2 Corinthians 9.15 where it says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And so when, when, you, when you want to celebrate Christmas, you really want to do it right, I think you need to understand the gifts. And it, of course it, it begins with the father giving his son but for us, we know that it's not just that. You can give someone a gift and they have to receive that gift, right? And we read that as we went through John chapter 1 and verse 12. The Bible says, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. And so uh, not that you, know, you have to you know, necessarily get saved again or rededicate your life or something like that. But I still think that as Christians, there still is that aspect of, of taking it in again, of... of of receiving him again. You know, I, I don't know how you guys feel um, holding babies. How many of you here you feel comfortable? You're like, man, that's no, no problem, man. Um, I, uh, I, I, sometimes I do get a little nervous probably because I'm not, it's been a while and, you know, what if you drop the by baby or something? I don't know. You know, but then when I do and the baby kind of feels a little comfortable in my arms, uh, it's the most wonderful feeling, you know, it really is. When they have that little child there and, you're, and the, the baby's maybe smiling and then you're holding and, you're, and the next thing you know, you just want to hug it and squeeze it and it's a really, really cool thing. And, 
And I know it sounds a little, you know, emotional or whatever, a little um, sentimental, but I think we need to do that with Jesus again. I think we need to do that with, with him, the wonder of God giving his son, the wonder of us being able to hold this little bundle of joy in our arms. You know, the gift that we've been given, um, sometimes we'll get a gift, and I think this happens a lot of times to Christians. They're really excited and super, you know, pumped when they first get saved, and they're on fire, and they're sharing with everybody. Next thing you know, they're not. For some reason, they forgot the gift that they have been given in Christ. And I think that in one sense, you know, we have to be blessed in receiving this gift. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And so just in case, and I don't know, you know, all of you guys here, but there might be someone here who's never really received the gift of Jesus. And you need to receive that gift today. You know, Christmas is great. They celebrate it all over the world. Even in Japan, where only 1% of people are Christians, they celebrate Christmas there. And, you know, it's an interesting thing. They, they throw parties. They give gifts. Um, I don't know if you guys knew this about Japan, but a while back, Kentucky Fried Chicken did a real big uh, advertisement uh, kind of leading up to Christmas. And so it just caught fire in Japan. And now uh, that's the meal of choice on Christmas Day in Japan. And if you want to get Kentucky Fried Chicken, you have to literally order it weeks in advance. And so all I'm saying is that you might be here today and you might celebrate Christmas and you might go through all the motions like they do in Japan, but if you don't have Jesus, then you're not celebrating Christmas. He loves you. God gave his son for you. I got to tell you guys my personal conviction, you know, because I go and, I, and I'm driving by and I, and I don't want to sound weird and you might disagree with me on this and that's fine. Maybe I need to be enlightened or educated or whatever. Maybe there's just a difference of opinions. But, you know, when I see these big blow-ups of penguins and Santa Clauses and all that other kind of stuff, to me, I'm like, Why? Because eventually, if you start doing all the other reindeers and whatever it is that the world is selling at Costco or Sam's Club for lights and all that kind of stuff, eventually, you're going to forget all about Jesus. It's not just, you know, happy holidays or season's greetings. I mean, uh, that's my concern. And so for us... um, when we're talking about Christmas, if you really want to celebrate Christmas, you want to make it a great Christmas, you've got to start with the gifts of Christmas. And number one, be blessed in receiving the gift. You know, when we see in Luke 2, look what it says here. And we're going to read the whole, the whole section in just a second, but I want to jump over to verse 11. Notice what it says, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. You know, you have to receive this gift because he is the Savior, saving you from your sins. That's why the Bible says in Matthew one twenty one, and they shall 
Bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And so what we're talking about, first of all, is God has given you the gift of his son. The big question is, have you received that gift? Have you opened? Notice he's, he's wrapped in swaddling cloths. He's wrapped you know, for us to open up and to be able to receive unto ourselves. He will save us from our sins. That's from the, the power and penalty of sin. I tell you what, to be set free, we don't have to live in sin because we have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. You know, the blood, he went, like I said, from the cradle to the cross and eventually the crown. In between the cradle and the cross, there was a class and Jesus was teaching and teaching and teaching the greatest words ever taught. And when you take that in, the, to me, one of the greatest things about um, this gift of salvation, this gift of Jesus, is the gift of forgiveness. Because I need that gift. I blow it a lot. I blow it, man. You know, when I fall short, I, I think the, <laughs> the closer you get to God, the more you realize how far away you really are. And I'm just so grateful that I'm forgiven. Aren't you grateful for that baby that was born, born to die? You know, when you look at all these colors, the, the one that stands out most is the red because that baby was given blood to be shed one day on Calvary to wash away my sins. And I know, and I'm grateful for, for Jesus because I am forgiven. But you have to receive him in order to be forgiven. You know, recently, the Red Cross, they sent out a, 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 the news flash that they're, that they're short on blood. I don't know if you guys heard this or not. There's a worldwide shortage of blood. And, and I was just thanking the Lord that there's no shortage of blood from the, the veins of Emmanuel. The Bible says in Revelation 1, verse 5, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. So for me, I, I pray knowing that, you know, even though, like I said, it, might, it doesn't have to be a rededication, it doesn't have to be you getting saved again, I do believe that we need to receive and hold this baby close to our hearts. You know, be blessed in receiving the gift. And then number two, be blessed in reciprocating the gift. You know, I, I know it's tough, you know, but, but, you know, you get a gift and you know someone's going to give you a gift. Usually... You can't always do it, but usually you kind of want to give them a little something, don't you? If not, you're weird. I'm sorry, but that's just the way it kind of works. I mean, we can't always reciprocate to everybody, but the one that we can reciprocate to is to God. So here's what I'm going to ask you. Receive the gift again. Receive the gift again. Hold baby Jesus and the wonder of that again. How the God of the universe, the one who spoke all the stars into existence by the power of his word, the one who has always existed. You go to eternity past. He's always been there. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. How he became a baby. And before he became a baby, he was within the womb of Mary, the size of the period at the end of that sentence. That's what God did for us. Receive that again. I pray. And then as you receive this again, then give back to God your heart. Don't you think we should do that? 
The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23, 26, My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. You know, let's do this. Let's do business with God. Let's be serious with this salvation that we receive. Some people, even some people who come to church every single week, have not yet really given God their heart. They still don't observe God's ways. And you want to make it a good Christmas? Then, then give God your heart. Give God your life. You want to celebrate this and make it the best Christmas ever? Then we need to make sure that we understand, we remember, we consider the gifts of Christmas. How we've been given Jesus and how you know we need to give the Lord our, our lives. But not only that, I do want to encourage you guys along the lines of, of giving to others. So you give God your heart, you give God your, 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 your life, and then you go shopping. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, you go to the mall or you go to these places or you're shopping online or wherever it might be. Can I ask you a question? Are you enjoying that? If you're not, then you need to take a time out. Then you need to go back and get with God. And then understand, you know, what this whole spirit of Christmas is all about. It is, it is about giving. Acts 20, verse 35, said, so it is more blessed to give than to receive. I was thinking about Mary Caroni. I was thinking about other people who could use maybe a little financial help this year. And you might not have a lot. You may not. But you might have $5. And you give that $5. And I tell you what, that's life-changing. You give. And when you read Paul and what he wrote about giving, he didn't say, well, give from your abundance. He says you give out of your poverty. You want to get blessed? Receive this baby, the wonder of Christmas again. Hold this child close to your heart. And then give him your heart. And then as you're out there and you're representing, you're kind of like, you know, doing what God did, you know, motivated by love, you begin to ask the Lord, okay, who can I buy for this year? I, I wish I could give you all a Tesla. And if you all had a Tesla, I'd give you a Bentley or whatever, even though God probably doesn't want you to want, have one because it'll make you stumble. But all I'm saying is that we, of course we wish we... I knew what everybody needed and what everybody even wanted. But there are those that God is going to say, hey, I want you to buy a little something for them. Make sure you do it not grudgingly. In 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And so I'm learning, and i got to be honest. I have to be straight up with you guys. I don't want you guys to think that I'm some perfect guy because I'm definitely not. Some of you guys are wiser and you know better. But, you know, you're like, oh, man, I don't know if we can afford that. And you're kind of holding back. And maybe when you're shopping, you're a little cranky. And you try, you know, you're, getting, you're cutting in line and whatever. You're upset, I've got to do this and i got to do that. Listen, if that's, the, that, that's the way you're shopping, don't even do it. Man, what can I get so-and-so? And, you know, it may not be the perfect gift, but this is from my heart. And, and you start approaching the season that way. There's this beautiful balance in what they need and what they want, and you start praying about things. i tell you what. One of the most precious memories I have 
of Christmas is seeing my kids open their gifts. Now I know some say, well, you got to be careful. You don't spoil them. I understand those types of things. But I do believe, and you parents, you guys, you guys know how huh? when you get these gifts for your kids and they're so excited, we have videos of my son, uh, I think he did 100 uh, slam dunks when he got his new little you know, basketball set and just videos of my daughter you know, opening up her dollhouse you know, back in the day and the Lord shows you what to get. But there's something about just that giving and that blessing and that joy and that love and that happiness that carries with them for the rest of their lives. And I think that there is a connection there between the, the joy that they have when they think of this holiday. And so the, the Lord will show you guys, I guess part of what I'm saying is don't be a Grinch. <laughs> and you let the Lord lead you. But this whole gift thing, this whole gift part of, of Christmas, beginning with what he first gave, take it to heart. So number one, the gifts of Christmas, be Be blessed. But then number two, the gaze of Christmas. And it's here where I want to get into Luke chapter 2. And notice what we read in verse 1. And it it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. And so all went to be registered, everyone to his own city, And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. And, and you, you know, one of the things I, I want to encourage you guys, we have a sheet in the back that has a lot of Christmas uh, scriptures that you might want to contemplate uh, as Christmas approaches. But, but, you know, lots happened up to this point, you know, after 400 years of silence, you know, the angel Gabriel appears to Zacharias as the people are praying and tells him that him and his wife Elizabeth are going to have a son. His name is going to be John. That's what the angel tells him to name him. And he will go before the Messiah. He would be the forerunner. Such a beautiful thing. Next thing you know, the angel Gabriel appears to Mary and tells her that she will give, forth, uh, give birth to a son as well. And he would be the Messiah. And Mary's asking, well, how can this be? I don't know. A man, and the angel says that the power of the highest will come upon her, that the child within her would be conceived by the Holy Spirit. He would be the Holy One of God. And so Mary, man, think about it. After 400 years of silence, after thousands of years of them waiting, waiting for the one to come, he finally comes. And so, you know, fast forward and you know, they're in Nazareth. That's where they live. It wasn't the greatest neighborhood in the world by any means. But um, the Lord knew, had prophesied in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, that the Messiah had to be born in the city of, in the town of Bethlehem. It's not even a city, it's a town. And uh, that was the house of bread, Bethlehem Ephrathah. It means bread and, and fruitful. 
It was the city of David. It was the city of the king. So he had to be born there. So God, you know, shakes the whole world and moves the then known ruler of the world to register the people, to tax the people. And that moves uh, Joseph and Mary 90 miles to Bethlehem. Think about it. Nine, Nine months pregnant, probably right around there. Big old tummy, no shock absorbers. Uh, going on this donkey all the way to Bethlehem. And when they're there, the crazy thing, there's no room for them in the inn. There's no reservation at the hotel. There's no room available at the Kaiser or whatever. You know, next thing you know, you know they, they, they give birth. And it just seems like such a small thing. In, the, in a little insignificant town in Bethlehem, not much hoopla there. And they lay the baby, think about this, in the feeding trough of an animal. That's how God came into the world. It's a beautiful story. It really is. You know, when it says right there, there was no room for them in the inn, I I can't help but think of how a lot of times there's no room for God in our heart. We get so busy. Listen, I want to encourage you. Carve out time to be alone with him. Take 15 minutes here and say, okay, God, this is our time. Take a half hour here. Say, God, okay, this is our time. Take an hour here. You can do that for God because this is Christmas. Don't be like that. And so the baby is born, but we read in verse 8, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. That's where we get the joy to the world, the great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign. What will be the sign? This is a sign that you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. That's a sign. Normally you don't see a baby lying in a feeding trough. But this is what you're going to see. And and suddenly, as they shared, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, they, uh, this, they heard the news, they just heard the news, and then they, they said to one another, they started talking to each other, it's like you turning to the person next to you, and, and this is what they said, let us now go to Bethlehem and see, see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has, has revealed, has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger, again, feeding trough. Now when they had seen him, let me get back to that. And when they they came with haste, here it is, and found. You might want to even circle that word found. Some people, they don't have a good foundation because they don't look the way they should. They don't seek after God the way that they should. They did. The angels didn't tell them the address. It probably wasn't that easy to find. There was a lot of people there in Bethlehem that that night. But they found the babe, Mary and Joseph, 
lying in a manger. There's the baby. And now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. See, if I honestly, I, I want you guys to have the best Christmas. I know God wants you to have the, the blessed, best Christmas ever. Well, it begins with the gifts of Christmas, how the Father gave the Son, how He gave salvation, how we need to give our heart, how we need to give from the heart. And then it goes on to the gaze of Christmas. Number one, be blessed. Number two, be focused. Be focused. You know, a few years ago, maybe you heard the story, the Washington Post conducted an experiment and it involved the world-renowned Grammy Award-winning violinist Joshua Bell. Now, Bell had entranced audiences in concert halls all over the world. People paid you know, big bucks to watch him play. He has a violin that's worth $3.5 million. He is a vi- he's a virtuoso. He is a genius on that violin. And yet one January morning, the Washington Post invited Mr. Bell to exchange his white tail and tails, uh, white tie and tails for blue jeans and a baseball cap and to swap the bright lights of the stage for a dirty Washington, D.C. station and play some of the most difficult pieces right there at the entrance of the station. The Washington Post called it a test of people's perceptions and priorities. Would people perceive the presence of greatness? Would they prioritize? Would they recognize and have enough sense to stop and listen? And the answer, no. No. You can actually watch the video on YouTube. Over the course of 40 minutes and mid hundreds of people who passed by, just seven paused to listen and only one person recognized him. Three days previously, he had played the same pieces at the sold-out concert at Boston Symphony Hall where people paid over $100 per ticket. Here he managed in 40 minutes to only collect $32. After the violinist reflected on his experience, he said it was a strange feeling, but people were simply ignoring me. And, and, and when you, you look at that story, to me, it's definitely an example of what we see oftentimes in Christmas. You know, why were they too busy to listen to this? Why didn't they recognize greatness in their presence? I think part of it is most of the time, you guys have, have to acknowledge we know this, we're too busy to bother you know, sometimes we're too busy maybe even doing things that we feel are for Jesus. When in all reality, in the process, we ignore Jesus. You know, what we find right here is God saying to the shepherds, this is the event, you know, there's born to you this day in the city of David, the Savior who is Christ the Lord. And, you know, you'll find him, you know, this is a sign that's going to be given to you. But, but from there... They had to search. They had to go. They had to make that earnest effort, lest what happens to us 
may have happened to them because I, I can honestly say that if I am not careful, that if I am not focused, that if I'm not proactive, I can easily allow this glorious day to get by me and not find Jesus the way they did. You know, when I, when I look at this, I, I see, look at verse chapter 2 and, and verse 12. And this will be the sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Look at chapter 2 in verse 15. It says, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see. See, I believe that, that we can find, I believe that we must go. I believe that we can see these things. And that's exactly what they did in verse 16. They came with haste. They didn't waste time. They said, okay, let's do this. And when they did, they, they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. The word found here is, is different than the previous Greek word. This word means to search. It means to find by discovery. It implies diligent search. Listen, if you want to make it the, the, the great Christmas, I don't want to offend anybody, but I'm just telling you straight out, you cannot be lazy. The Bible talks about laboring in the scriptures. The Bible talks about that. It's not easy. It's not going to be a casual, oh, yeah, you know, we watch this movie every year, and, you know, they talk a little bit about Jesus, and, you know, we go to church service a couple of times. No, honestly, the Bible says in Jeremiah 29 and verse 13, you will find him when you search for him with all of your heart. We can't forget the gifts of Christmas. Praise God for that. But we can't forget the gaze of Christmas. How, how we need to make sure that we are laser focused. Real quick, I want you to turn to Matthew 17. The Lord kind of laid this on my heart this morning. Matthew 17, this is after six days. Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. They got a glimpse of his Shekinah glory. And, and behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. And then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here if you wish. Let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. When the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and do not be afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. I love that. You know, there's Moses and Elijah speaking to Jesus on this Mount of Transfiguration. And what does Peter do when he wakes up? He doesn't know what to say, but he says, hey, we should make three tabernacles, one for you, you, and you. And then the father comes and says, no. Do you know who this is? This is my son that I love. You got to hear him. And when they woke up, 
they saw Jesus only. Can you do that? You know, we don't esteem anyone else. We can't be distracted with all these other things. I really believe that we have to have a laser-like focus on Jesus. And if you do, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed. See, we've got to remember the gifts of Christmas, the gaze of Christmas. You can glance at other things. That's fine. But gaze upon him. And then the third thing is the glory of Christmas. And, and so, you know, kind of what I wanted to share, in, in one sense, if I could just say it this way, you know, because I've been a Christian for a long time, and I'm really trying my best to say, Lord, how can I honor you this, this year? You know, how can I not let like another Christmas go by. That's doesn't hit me the way that it should. And I was just thinking so hard, you know. You know, we look at these lights and we, we just see Jesus, the light of the world. We look at the green and we see Jesus, the one who gives us everlasting life, the, the, the red, everything. It's just all about him. And the Lord just said, well, you know, these are the things. And, and as I was kind of pondering them the gifts I thought about the father and the gaze I thought about the son and then the glory I thought about the Holy Spirit and when you read the gospels and you read Luke especially there's a lot about the Holy Spirit look at Luke chapter 1 and verse 15 when the angel is prophesying about John the Baptist he says for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink he will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. Whoa. Do you catch that? John the Baptist was actually filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. If you go over to Luke chapter 2, again, look at verse 14. How the angels share with the shepherds how the message of, of glory Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. And basically what I found, okay, so when Mary, you guys remember this? and We don't have a lot of time, but I'm just going to share this with you real quick. How when, when Mary was pregnant with Jesus and she goes to help out Elizabeth who's pregnant with John, do you guys remember what happened? John leaped in Elizabeth's womb. Why did he leap? Because Jesus had come into his presence, but, but there's more to it. He leaped when Jesus came into his presence because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. That little child within Elizabeth's womb was filled with the Holy Spirit so that when, when Jesus came, he, he just leaped. Glory, glory, and I and when I when I think of Christmas, I tell you what, I really do think of glory. It's a glorious thought that God would come to save sinners like us, but He has come. Huh. I love that 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 uh, that song. God rest ye merry gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay. Remember, Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. 
to save us all from Satan's power when we had gone astray. O tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. So here's what I want to challenge you guys to do. Get the scriptures that are back there, there are a whole bunch of scriptures, and just ponder on them. And make sure that you, you, maybe something, the Lord will show you different things, but one of the things that I like to do is I like to listen to a Stephen Curtis Chapman CDs, Christmas CDs. There's two of them because they're just, they are in my heart and they are all about Jesus. You guys might have your own, but I tell you what, you do that. You just stay focused. Uh, one of the songs he has, I just, man, I, I listen to it over and over again. It says that um, the music of Christmas is love. And we got to know that, that we are loved by God. So if you're here, you're listening, and you don't know the Lord, that's where it starts. It starts by giving your heart to Christ because God gave his son. And then from there, we just go forward. You guys ready for this? You going to seek him? Are you sure?